As an OD business owner, there are times in your career when you have to make life-changing business decisions. In this podcast series, I'll talk to ODs and business owners who have insight into how things really work, which can help you rethink your assumptions before making those major decisions to avoid expensive mistakes while optimizing their outcomes. This is the Think Again podcast. I'm Scott Jets, your host, and today's episode is Burnout and Stress, How to Cope. Our guest is Dr. Jennifer Stewart, founder of her eye care consulting firm called OD Perspectives. Dr. Stewart, welcome to the Think Again podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. It's great to see you and talk to you. And I'd like to start off by talking about the personal observations that you've had on the impact of stress on the OD in today's eye care business environment. You know, it, it's just been an interesting observation to notice. I'm a lurker on Facebook and all the groups that probably all the listeners are, are on too. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've just been noticing over and over the posts about feeling burned out. And I think society is burned out. We're all feeling tired of COVID and, and stress, but I'm noticing it in these forums, especially newer grads, which is, you know, kind of an interesting mm-hmm observation that new grads, you know, two to three years in are saying, I don't know that I can do this forever. And I don't know that I can be in patient care forever, or, you know, I feel burned out now. And I think I made a mistake, which is just something I've never seen before. You know, I was talking to a dentist yesterday who does a very uh, large amount of business and he's trying to figure out how to extricate himself. And I think it's applicable to optometry, right? The, I'm going to take Thursdays off first, maybe next year, a couple Fridays. What was really interesting, Jennifer, is that he said to me that he'd like to bring in an associate, but in his practice group, one of the doctors said, why would I bring in a competitor? I want this business. Tell me a little bit about what you see our colleagues doing in their businesses, trying to sort of reduce the stress load on the day-to-day basis. Any observations that you see in those forums? Yeah, I think bringing an associate is a great one. And I think that's another timely conversation. I think a lot of doctors are interested in cutting back their days. So yes, I don't think it's unique to optometry. You know, I think dentistry, medicine in general. Um, but I think, you know, we also don't have the benefit of maybe a flexible schedule and working from home. It's not really something that we can do. Um, but I, you know, I think a lot of my friends are looking at adding associates, you know, finding one. I know that's a whole nother podcast. We won't even touch on finding one, but I think people are starting to say, I don't have to do it all. And I want to find ways that I can add, you know, like you said, maybe take Thursdays off or shorten my week, you know, Saturday. I see a lot of doctors saying after COVID, we didn't add Saturdays back in and guess what? we did fine. <laughs> you know, we, we, this traditional model of being open all day on Saturdays, because that's when patients have been available and something that we've had to just live around. I think that's a big change. I think people are cutting down their hours. They're maybe not staying open as late and their practices are surviving. Their staff are happy. I know in my practice, um, we cut Saturdays out and we shortened our long days and, nothing changed. You know, we didn't see a drop in revenue. We just saw a lot of, a lot more happy staff. People had a little bit better balance. They could feel like they were getting out earlier and not having to work on weekends, but we did not see a change in revenue at all. And we know that flies in the face of traditional consumer focused, open late, open Saturdays when people are off of work. Um, 
And so it becomes a sort of a work-life balance, the classic, you know, uh, parenthetical kind of approach to say, I'm going to, I'm going to change the way it is. Maybe some patients do leave, but others say I'll stay committed. Is, is that what happens when you change your hours and it still works? Yes. You know, we, when we dropped our Saturdays, we had some people ask, um, you know, when's your next Saturday and you kind of freeze and go, oh gosh, are they going to be mad? Are they going to be angry? And, you know, we would just say, you know, we're, we're, we've, we've not added Saturdays back in, but we're happy to accommodate you on these three days and these three times. And, you know, patients said, okay. <laughs> yeah. We, we kind of always assume that the patient is going to leave if we don't accommodate every minute that they're available. And, you know, their schedules have changed too. I think patients value their weekends and their evenings as well. And, and they might have a little more flexibility during the day. So I think there's just been a huge shift in, in being open every minute that, you know, if we're not open till eight o'clock, we're going to lose a sale. Um, but I think people are reevaluating what's important to them and their family and their free time and their sanity is important too. That's great. Uh, we want to make sure we talk about the issue before we talk about the solutions and you've hit on it to begin, but I want to go a little deeper. You know, the phrase is, that you have to admit you have a problem first before you can manage it. And ODs um, are experiencing burnout. There was a great article by one of my old optometry classmates, Dr. Rich Mangan, that folks could look up about burnout in physicianry that he applied to optometry. And it hits men and women alike for different reasons. And they all, they all express it differently. Some people are even leaving the profession. Um, where can we go with this? What is your sense of what you see in terms of how it affects, you know, people differently. I think, you know, from what I read it, it's really nice to see first that people are admitting that they're burned out and they're saying, you know, especially in some of the women groups I'm in, they're saying, you know, maybe it's anonymous. And that's the great thing I think about Facebook is that you can post anonymously and you don't have to, to feel like somebody knows it's you, but I'll read, you know, all these posts about saying, I just have to say this to, to my community that I'm feeling burned out. I'm feeling, you know, that I'm managing a practice, managing patients. Patients are not as nice as they were before. They're a little more difficult. And even if people don't have anything to, to add to the conversation, they'll just, you know, reply and say, I feel that way too. So I think just admitting that, you know, that we're, some of us are, are under a lot of stress and that you know, we're, we're dealing with some other things, but having a community to do that and to say, maybe I'm anonymous and I say it, but, um, you know, even if people just say, I have no advice, but I'm giving you a virtual hug, you know, <laughs> it's just enough to admit, um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe everyone doesn't have a solution for it, but then, you know, I've just been so impressed with what I read with our colleagues about the, the feedback and the, not constructive criticism, but the support that people give and say, have you thought about this? You know, have you thought about, you know, bringing in a consultant? Have you thought about adding an associate? Have you thought about adding a specialty? Have you thought about reaching out to a healthcare professional and, and talking through what you're feeling? So I think there's just such a shift in, in, instead of putting our head down and grinding harder and just saying, I just have to get through this, you know, next year will be better. Next year will be better it's encouraging to read that people are saying I'm struggling a little bit, you know, are there other people out there struggling and what can I do? And then reading kind of the amazing advice that our colleagues have. It's, it's, it's really nice to see. That's wonderful. You know, optometry is fantastic because it has such a collegial approach 
And while there are a lot of negatives in social media, uh, one of the <laughs> things about creating community, and there are different ways optometrists do it. There's doctor groups, there's study groups, there's uh, all of these wonderful groups that have come together to, to support people in like-mindedness in a variety of ways. But, but you, you started talking about ways that we can bring ideas to help our listeners because we do have to admit that this is tough. And, and once we get past that, that's why this Think Again podcast is asking, asking people to think again about what you just have decided you already have control over. Maybe you don't. Um, let's start with an idea. You talked about your practice's delivery system and, and maybe adding something. Tell me a little bit more about how that could help somebody think about sort of reducing stress and increasing enthusiasm. What's been really exciting over the last few years is seeing people figure out what they're passionate about in optometry. And instead of saying, you know, maybe one day I'll do that, it's today. It's, you know, I mean, I have a big background in sports vision and people reach out to me and say, I want to do sports vision, but I'm not quite ready. And it took me 10 years to finally do it. And I think there's no, there's no great time to start a new, you know, a specialty or a niche, but once you do it's so exciting to create something. So I think people are starting to think about what they're passionate about in optometry and really find ways to make that happen. And to say, I love seeing patients. I love my day-to-day -day work, but I feel like there's something more I could and should be doing. And what makes me look forward to going to a meeting? What do I, what, what excites me? Is it dry eye? You know, is it, is it providing a different level of service to my patients? Is it, um, aesthetics? Is it myopia management? Is it sports vision? Is it low vision? So I think it's a combination of figuring out what makes us really excited and makes us feel like we can differentiate ourselves. And it makes going to work again, fun. And, and it, it, it makes us, it makes it easier to learn. I think, you know, we, we go to CE sometimes because we have to, but when we're going to CE or taking classes and learning more because we want to, that really reflects in the care that we're providing our patients. Yeah. I just read a book by a, a journalist by the name of Richard Liu, who's been um, on CNN, MSNBC. He's a Chinese American, um, incredible person. And he talks all about selflessness. And I think the thing about adding a, a specialty to your practice, I mean, we could go down a list, right? Ortho K, specialty yeah. contact lenses. You already listed a bunch. <laughs> I mean, doctors, there are tons to think about. But when you implement these, it's not just that you're giving your patients a different opportunity, but if you're going to do sports vision, you can go start talking to local sports clubs, high school and uh, community sports teams. Um, when you start talking about dry management, you can go find areas where you can talk to people in the community. I think that really starts to make us feel like we're giving back, even though we're going to glean something out of it in terms of business, we're starting to be more selfless with the care we deliver. Would that be fair? Absolutely. You know, and, and one of the biggest pieces of advice I give my clients with sports vision is if you're going into it just to make money, it's going to be a very, very tough road. And you know, the bonus, I think the bonus of a niche is the financial benefit and the financial aspect. It's really the rejuvenation of, of being excited to do something different. And I graduated 15 years ago, and I know there's a lot of us who have been doing this a long time. And some parts of optometry don't change a lot, but some are changing more rapidly than ever before. So I think it really keeps us excited and learning. And yes, giving back, you know, I always say when I go do sports vision, I'm not wearing, you know, my normal business attire. I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt and sneakers. And that's even just fun to be a little bit different 
just a different outfit. You know, you're, you just have this different persona and different outlook. You, you know, I speak differently. I'm not in a lane. I'm, you know, it's just kind of a different environment. So being able to add that into traditional patient care is fun. And, and now working with doctors to do that and to help them take this idea and figure out how to, you know, put pen and paper together and then watch them take this and do something with it. That's even more fun to me because a lot of people get stuck with an idea, don't know how to do it. So there's a lot of us out there that help. And, you know, for me, that's my selfless part is it's really fun for me to see people who have had an idea for so long and want to do it and are passionate and excited about it. And now, you know, we can work together to make that a reality. And then maybe in the future, they'll do that. And it just keeps optometry fresh and exciting. Yeah, that just makes me motivated listening to it. Let's, <laughs> let's go to another way we've talked about um, avoiding alienation and sort of feeling uh, completely on an island in optometry, which leads to stress. And that is back to this idea of finding your communities. Tell me about your experiences and why you'd recommend somebody exploring their communities that are available to them. So I, it's funny, this was just came up last week. I do some work with some reps for a contact lens company and, and I talked to them about optometry and optometrists. And I said, you know, a lot of us practice solo or we we're in a partnership or group, but we don't see the other doctors, you know, maybe we're not there at the same time. So a lot of us are, are really in a bubble and we just kind of put our head down and work and the things that we're experiencing, we think are only what we're going through and the challenges we're facing, you know, we don't know that is happening to everybody across the country. So I've been really fortunate. I have a very tight group of friends who we speak every single day, weekends included, and, you know, individually or group texts about things that are going on, ideas we have, challenges we're facing, crazy ideas, you know, I'll text and say, I have this crazy idea. What do you think? And, you know, we're all over the country. So they're not my, they're not in my community, um, but they are my community and really hearing from them. And, and especially during COVID, it was very helpful to have people to go, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Um, but having this tight knit group to keep you engaged, I think they keep me motivated. I see what they're doing. We're very honest and open. We share metrics, numbers, compensation, patient revenue, you know, we are very open and honest and, you know, we share staff costs. And so it, it's, it's really motivating to me to see my, my friends are, you know, they're very successful. It's motivating, but we can also help each other. So I have, you know, a small group of, they're like my mastermind group. Um, but being part of a larger group also, you know, I'm very active in our state association. I'm active in my, my optometry school. I'm a New England College of Optometry graduate. So I continue to stay very active in that community. Um, I'm part of the Optical Women's Association, which is a group of women, not just optometrists, but the, yeah. the whole optical industry. And it's really motivating to hear from non-ODs, which I think we sometimes just hear from other optometrists, but really hear, hearing the challenges and the, you know, what's going on in the optical industry as a whole is really, really exciting for me. And, you know, and, and, and selfishly, it, it's kind of nice not to hear about staff and insurance <laughs> and all the things that we kind of talk about on a daily basis, but to hear about leadership development and personal growth and networking and learning how 
to be a better leader in our practices. So kind of having a nice balance of, of a nice group of optometrists to commiserate and talk to, but also these larger groups that maybe include non-optometrists to really balance well and to learn what's going on in the optical industry as a whole. I love that mention. Um, I'm a big fan of the Optical Women's Association. The people that are there are so committed to their community. And we can learn a lot from people that work in industry companies that serve us. It's a really interesting reciprocal manner by which you can examine your business, your business intellect. Um, So I'm really glad you mentioned that. I would lean in a little bit more. Um, I'm thrilled you mentioned your state association. There are so many places that we can plug in and develop deeper roots in our community. It can be a local representation of your state association. Uh, State associations are looking for people to to rise up. And frankly, the American Optometric Association does too. We've got the National Optometric Association. We've got Dr. Alliance groups, as I mentioned earlier. So yeah, those are all wonderful. Now, another way to do this would be covering adjusting priorities within the practice. There's so many things that a business owner has to do that it, it, that seems to me to be the main gong that is being sounded in, I am just exhausted. I just want to see patients. What's your advice there? So I just actually wrote an article about this on, on um, I thrive about delegation. You know, I think I'm a type A personality, so it's sometimes hard for me to let go and to realize that, Somebody else can do what I do. You know, there's a lot that we do that is is ours, but there's a lot that we can also let go and and empower people to do that and empower people in our practices, develop good leadership so that the whole practice does not rest on your shoulders. And I think a lot of us, again, we feel this, you know, this is my practice. I'm the doctor and the responsibility of everything falls on me. And when, and also, you know, being part of the OWA, I've seen how corporate business works and that's not the way that businesses are run. So I'm learning a lot, looking at the structure of different businesses in our industry to learn how they have teams, there's committees, you know, they have different people are taking on different roles. So it's helped me say, okay, you don't have to do everything. You're probably not the best at doing this stuff anyway. So, you know, let go a little bit and, and maybe that allows you to see more patients. Maybe you take away, you know, you don't do the social media in your practice and you let that go and that allows you to see more patients or it doesn't, or it, you just take a day ah, off or, you know, ah. have an afternoon and, or, you know, if somebody's really feeling, you know, we know working in and on the business are very different, but there, we know that we should be working on our business, but often there's not the time because we're constantly in that business. So, you know, learning about delegation and developing leaders in our practice can allow us that time to say, maybe I take a half a day um, a week and I do admin work, or I, you know, really now can can take the time to join these groups and to to be more involved in my community that I didn't have that time before. And it's not wasted time. It's not time that you're not having revenue coming in, it's time that you're learning to do other things. And I think that's just as valuable as, as the money that's coming in the practice. And, and maybe you don't, maybe those patients will come a different day. It's not that you have to give up that revenue, but you can shift when those patients are coming. 
you and I are both big Disney fans. And unfortunately, <laughs> to shine a little bit of a light on a problem at the Disney company, they overwork the people that are meant to take great care and create magic for their guests. And I know this because my daughter uh, works there and it's really hard. And we do this to ourselves. Now, Disney said, we're going to give everyone essentially a mental health day, but there's some people who aren't eligible for it. Even those who are working five days a week, always being given a sixth on a day off. And I love what you said about sometimes just saying I can take a day off. And again, I'm not here to sort of pacify and coddle and overly, you know, support our colleagues. But think again about how hard you have to work. And uh, I'm glad you're bringing that. Let's go to one last topic. And that is um, beyond the profession, right? There's so much to life. What are those things that either you have done or others can think about that uh, just gives you that reduced stress level? I think it's really looking at what you like to do outside of optometry. And for so long, I think people felt that that was all they could do is work in their practice. And just, you know, if I'm not being in the office, you know, I don't know what else to do. But I think that one of the good things that's come out of COVID is that people developed hobbies because they didn't, maybe (laughs) didn't have enough time. They didn't have anything else to do. And they really realized they like doing X. They like going for walks. They like doing yoga. They like cooking gardening. I had a dream of having a garden. Thankfully, I did not start one because (laughs) that would have been, you know, it would have failed quickly. But, you know, I said, there's too many things I want to do. But, you know, really having something that that you enjoy doing outside of optometry. And for me, it's exercise. I mean, anyone that knows me knows that that's, you know, my passion. And I feel like I'm not the best. I'm not at my best if I haven't taken that time for myself. And I'm a morning person. I get up before everybody gets up. And I have my good hour of workout, whatever that workout is, you know, it could be a walk, could be weightlifting or running yoga. But for me, that hour is non-negotiable. It's scheduled in every day and it's just part of, of what I do. And I feel better. I feel like after that's done, I can now start my day and be, be a better, you know, a better business person, a better mom. So I really think, you know, just taking a little bit of time, even if it's 15 minutes to go for a walk, um, I tend to listen to podcasts while I walk. So, mm-hmm. so this is a good one to download and listen to. I listen to 2020 money a lot, although I always come back with ideas. So I, I come back I'm like, oh, this is a great idea. So it, it can often <laughs> not work in my favor to be a relaxing walk, but really a rejuvenation and the motivation, you know, listening to my colleagues and listening to the great things that they're doing for me is motivating. Yesterday, I listened to a whole episode and came back. I was like, oh my gosh, I learned just amazing things that I might not have the time to do when I'm working or on the weekend. So for me, it's just scheduling that time, just like I schedule this, you know, this is in my calendar and so is my workout. So, um, you know, I have friends who are, are, um, are playing tennis or, you know, people that love writing or drawing or whatever it might be. I think just knowing that it's okay to have, time outside of working on or in the business, because if you take the time to work on the business, then you can free up some time to do, you know, the things that you really like to do. One of the things that I reflect back on is the time that I took while my mom ailed before she passed away and how much effort it took at the time. It felt like it took a lot of effort. 
And I hearken back to Mr. Louis's book, which, by the way, is called Enough About Me, The Unexpected Power of Selflessness. I didn't know at the time that that was being selfless, that I owed her that. And I think a lot of optometrists deal with those real life issues. Maybe it's an aging or a memory you know, stricken parent, or maybe it's a child that's got an issue. Um, and you think that's another level of stress. But this idea that the power of selflessness means that you give not only to others, but you give to yourself. I love what you said about, I just take that time, that hour might be an exercise, might be a walk, it might be fishing, it might be learning how to do something new. Boy, that's really good. And I, I think that sometimes maybe you listeners will just say, shrug your shoulders. Ah, that sounds obvious. Yeah. But just sit for a second and digest it. That's right. really, really important, isn't it? It is. And it, you know, it, it's making the time, you know, my friends go, I don't have the time to work out. You know, I don't have the time. And so I get up at four 30 or five o'clock in the morning, which it's terrible, but I, you know, I get it done and it's, it's just a non-negotiable part of my day. And, you know, I like to read. So at night I read my kids know if, if I'm, if I need a break, I say, I'll see you guys in a half hour. I kind of go upstairs and read for a half hour, but, um, you know, I have two busy kids too. I mean, I'm I'm recording this in between dropping off at swim practice and going to a (laughs) a talent show. We had swim meet yesterday. So, so, you know, just carving out, even if it's 15 minutes um, of time, just to really, even if it's just to sit and meditate, reflect, do nothing. Um, It doesn't have to be an active moment. It can just be sitting quietly. You know, I love my 15 minutes when I wake up to have my cup of coffee and just, have quiet and, and it really starts my day off. Well, you know, to our audience, this entire podcast is about finding ways to make you say there's a chance there's an opportunity. Um, I can only reflect back on the words of a little river band song. It was something like take time to make time, make time to be there. And um, those came to me as you were speaking. And so Dr. Jennifer Stewart, I can't thank you enough for joining the think again podcast to make us think again. And Give us your candid guidance on taking time to reduce stress and burnout. We appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me. And that's it for today's Think Again podcast from GPN.